Everybody locked on Bulldogs back with John Garcia Jr. We're talking three things today. We're talking edge defenders. We're talking next recruiting battle for UGA and then Glenn Shue as a recruiter. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked. Or I'm sorry, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is your place to go with every candidate you need for your project, your job, your team. LinkedIn is our title sponsor. We're glad they're here with us today. John, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Uh, excited for the weekend and that much closer to, to kickoff, right? So, I mean, it's really not a better time to get going. No, not at all. I tried to encourage every single UGA fan that we are so close to September 3rd, so I wanted to remind them uh, that we're horrible, we're trash, we're awful, we have no quarterback play, uh, our defense is inexperienced, and the best situation we could hope for is six wins. Set your mind right, Georgia fan. This is how we work. This is how we operate. Even after a national title, it doesn't matter. This is how we operate. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you about a couple things. Uh, last time we had you on, you were talking about the pipeline that is coming from Florida and especially IMG Academy. And there's a couple of edge defenders. One that's got a little bit more of a curious case. We'll get to him in a second because I really, really like him. But uh, Mpimba is a, is a defender out of IMG Academy uh, that Georgia is very high on. Hopefully he's very high on Georgia. Uh, what is the news as you hear it from Mpimba and UGA's connection? Yeah, Sam is, is still trying to narrow things down. But look, no matter if he narrows it to five, four, or three, or even two, I think Georgia would make that cut. Georgia has emerged as a legitimate contender for him. I think there's a, a lot of SEC vibes in general for Mpemba. Uh, and that's typical, right? When you move from the Midwest down to IMG, you face this competition every single day, and it breeds that kind of iron sharpens iron mantra at the high school level so naturally a lot of those kids want to play like that in college and when you when you talk about playing against great tight ends great offensive tackles great linemen i mean georgia is one of the first schools that has to pop up just from a, a casual and logical standpoint really uh, for a pass rusher like impemba so georgia's done a really nice job here early on um i do still think it's early though and i think that's mm -hmm. That's what's interesting about this race. Um, there have been other teams that have trended. Notre Dame early, Tennessee, Florida have all had their moments. But it feels like right now Georgia is is leading this race, at least from, from a perceptional standpoint. But again, there is a lot of time between now and what is expected to be a late decision. Could be all the way on early signing day in December at this point. And Pemba has taken, I believe, zero official visits. I mean, he's totally at the beginning of this thing. Now, it doesn't mean he's not well-traveled, and it doesn't mean he's not extremely coveted. So there are going to be a lot of programs jockeying for position um, in addition to Georgia. Georgia, Florida, Miami, Tennessee, um, all very much in it. Oregon is, is kind of viewed as a bit of a dark horse. LSU at one point was starting to feel really good. Remember, he's a Midwest kid. That had ties to Notre Dame, so Brian Kelly's move down there early on was something that, that really resonated um, with him. Uh, so I do think that's something to keep an eye on as, as time goes goes on. But, yeah, still a long way to go in this recruitment, a lot of visits ahead. And I think he's, he's really trying to figure out, first of all, his own game, right? He just moved to pass rusher. He was a tight end last year for IMG, backing up Jaleel Skinner who was the number one tight end in the SI 99 rankings. Well, now he's moved over to defensive end, edge rusher, where he's going against Francis Maui Goa every day, and he's having some success there. Um, had a couple sacks in the spring game that we went to, so this transition is looking really nice for Mpemba right now. Uh, obviously less experienced than just about every other edge rusher that all these schools are targeting, but you can't teach 6'4", 6'5", 
240, chiseled, great first step, athletic ball skills, lateral ability, kind of the whole thing. Uh, very long as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a ton of upside here, and, and everybody pretty much recognizes that. So a long way to go, but we do hear very, very positive things from the Georgia perspective. And I would say of the ebb and flow of the trends within Pemba, Georgia's kind of kind of got that grasp right now relative to some of these other programs. Uh, so we'll see once he gets out for visits, games, officials, all that stuff, if, it, if and when it starts to change and when he actually – starts to narrow this list but you know he's been really kind of casual and taking his time with the process and he knows he's one of these few recruits that has that luxury everybody is going to wait for samuel m pemba's decision as long as as he's ready to do it so i do think that it's a a long-term battle but that's what you're built to win at georgia at alabama at ohio state you're built for those long-haul battles you're not a program that capitalizes on off-season momentum and a big you know cookout where everybody feels galvanized this is a a program that is used to closing uh and and that's what recruiting is all about at the very top and this will be one of those case studies in this class of 2023 yeah it's really really fascinating this is a a very fascinating case study like you said because this guy's five star all across the board all world talent with that height weight differential that that ratio that you just can't teach and he's being very 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 uh, under the radar on a bunch of stuff you hear from other people not from him i love this kid how he's going about his recruiting and this thing i love especially in this day of nil is he is waiting to make his announcement uh, until a little later uh, and truth be told i, I love that because it's going to be a dogfight up until that point but you get the sense that once this guy commits he's going to commit otherwise he would have made a, a verbal somewhere along the line he would have done his thing yada yada leverage nil from somewhere else but he's not doing that i really really like this kid another kid i like you turned us on to uh, him a little bit ago is Rousseau as well on the edge now he's got a little bit of a unique experience because it seems like he's a package deal with another teammate of his um what what is what is Rousseau's recruitment like right now yeah top six has Georgia of course right at the forefront and he is a package deal and normally I shy away from that normally I'm like okay you know I'd like to go play college ball with my my best friend too yep. but when it's the number one interior defensive lineman in James Smith and for us the number one off-ball linebacker in, in Quay Rousseau now you're like well these two can absolutely go play together because everybody wants both and, and I think that's what makes this so so very unique um and of the two they're they're so different you know they're so different both in their style and in their personalities which kind of makes them a match right quay is very reserved very to himself very humble very kind of introverted james is the opposite extroverted outgoing life of the party I mean, he told me the other day, he's like, hey, I'm going to play basketball at one of these schools. I'm like, bro, you're 6'3", 300 pounds. Like, what what position are you going to play? He's like, no, I'm playing basketball too. I'm that athletic. You know, it's a funny guy, you know, just total opposites. Um, and that's why they're, they're one of the more unique package deals I've ever covered in, in more than a decade doing this because most of them fall through or the talent gap is usually so big to where schools are like, we want this guy, but mm, we're not so much on the other. Not the case with Rousseau and James Smith, who are also high school teammates at Carver High School in, in Montgomery, Alabama, as well. But with Rousseau, he's kind of the leader of the bunch. You would expect the extroverted guy to be the, the alpha, and, and, and there's a lot of alpha about James Smith. But when it comes to the duo, it's kind of Quay's lead. And that's what makes this so interesting, because 
of these top six schools that they're both considering, and of course it was the same top six, there's a couple schools that Quay has to sell James on and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the two schools that nobody has to sell anybody on are the two schools you would expect, Georgia and Alabama. Nobody's having to sell anybody on those two schools. They both understand these are legitimate options, big-time options. And, you know, there's a thought it comes down to these two schools, just like we talk about with a million kids every single cycle, particularly on defense. But there's a couple other schools in the mix where they're having to kind of push-pull with one another. James Smith has family from Ohio, so he's pulling the Ohio State card on Quay. Quay has family in Florida, so he's pulling for Florida just a little bit more. Uh, compared to James. They just took their first visit down there at the end of July. So there's a couple schools that are kind of push-pull, and then there's some in-state schools that are on there that it would be a surprise. Yeah. Alabama State <laughs> and Auburn. And and Auburn wasn't in that ballpark two months ago. They, they were legitimate contenders. But the more the package deal has become solidified, I think the harder it's become for Auburn to stay in the race. Probably a little bit better position for Quay than James. But again, you really do have to get both in this scenario. So I think Auburn and Alabama State, which is the hyper-local school in Montgomery, no disrespect, I think those would be dark horses. So really, in this top six, for me, it's kind of a top four. Bama, Georgia, Georgia, Bama, not even willing to discuss more. And then Florida and Ohio State are the wild cards because one is pulling for the school more than the other. So fascinating package deal probably going to extend through deep in the season, maybe all the way to signing day. I think the only OVs they took were Auburn and Georgia, I believe, thus far. So they've got three OVs left. I do think Florida probably gets one. I'm thinking Ohio State's going to get one in the end. And then either they take you know, the Alabama trip or somebody else gets involved and they both get on board and, and take that final visit. But look, this is going to be a hotly contested battle. They both recognize their fits. And Mm -hmm. we talk about projecting these two, particularly with Georgia and Alabama, where, again, the conversation needs to be, they both have precedent for both of these players. You know, you know, obviously you can sell Jalen Carter right now to James Smith. Hey, yes, go go do that. Uh, You know, Bama's going more like Deron Payne, right? Hey, go, go be this guy. And at the linebacker perspective, Quay is this hyper hybrid, versatile, do everything linebacker. So we got him ranked as the number one linebacker in the class, but he's a great edge player as well. Um, mm-hmm. but he could also cover. He could also be a volume tackler. So the Georgia angle is hey, uh, Quay Walker, another Quay, just did that and played his way into the first round as a do everything linebacker. And then Bama's like, well, we had Rashawn Evans and he kind of did the same thing. So it's, it's really, for me, a dead heat between. Georgia and Alabama with these two recruits. Again, they're Montgomery kids, which is not your typical Alabama metro area. Right. But even though they're in the state, uh, that's more of an Auburn territory. So it's not as, as oh, this is, you know, they're just going to end up at Bama anyway. It, it is not that simple between the two. Uh, so this feels legitimately uh, like a two-horse race at the very top, but there is enough time for these other schools to start to make moves for the two. And again, this package deal is real, and I think that's what makes it so fascinating because most of them, by this time of, of, of the cycle, most of them fall apart. That's exactly right. I think a couple things. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, anybody who is on Twitter dogging these kids for wanting to be a package deal, you have no clue what 
incredible gift it would be to play college ball with your best friend. Like it is a, it is a treat y'all. So stop that. Go get you some kids. Like go have fun. Secondly, uh, something that you said, just, I, I want fans to hear and to know, um, you heard the term off ball backer. Please get that into your vernacular. That is the new thing. It's off ball linebacker. It is the way it's going. It's not inside, outside three, four. No, <laughs> no, stop that. Um, but yeah, those two kids are all worldly and you're right. I, I think what's really unique. If Harsons makes it out of this season, Look, no Georgia fans going to like to hear this. If he makes it out of the season, he's got something cooking. Because he's, he's been on the board for a couple of years. He's not landing everybody yet. But the fact that he's even in conversation is fascinating to me with the offseason he had and the backing he has of some players there now. And if they make some surprise moves, look, he if he makes it. And then secondly, yeah, the, the Alabama-Georgia defense, like the recruiting in that, I mean, it's, it's carbon copies of each other. Y'all? Yeah, it's like, how could you go wrong? You, you can't. That's yeah. that's what's. I mean, again, I I can't stand Alabama, but you can't go wrong. You can't dog a kid because all of a sudden he makes a choice. Like he made a choice because national championship contending, big SEC, uh, big NIL, incredible coaching. Like all of them are the same. <laughs> it's just wildly fascinating. Uh, we're gonna come back after this. I'm gonna ask the next recruiting battles where they're heating up. But first, I want to let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online is the sports book experts that Daniel and I trust the most. My co-host of you is here would tell you as such. We got season win total coming up very very soon uh, for Georgia for everybody else we've given out a couple already but every single week we're going to be doing locks of the games we're going to pick five or six or seven or sometimes we do a whole bag of 12 games that we think you need to be intent on Bet Online is the sports book experts that we trust, that you should trust. Get over there right now. Let them know we sent you. Bet Online, your official sports book experts. All right, the next recruiting battles that I want to talk about, kind of figuring out just where are these battles heading and where they're at. Florida jumps into the top 10 right now in the recruiting rankings kind of across the board um, nationally, which is, uh, hey, Napier's doing something over there. Um, where are the next big setups? I know Georgia will say, hey, we don't we don't recruit against other people. We, we recruit ourselves, which is okay, true, but also <laughs> kids have choices. So where are these battles heating up the most, most importantly right now for us? I think for Georgia, there's there's been this wide receiver question mark for a long time from a recruiting perspective. A couple are on board right now, and, and Pierce Sperlin, depending on how you view him, is either a jumbo receiver or a slender tight end. But either way, he's <laughs> a big-time pass catcher. But there is still a need for that conventional wide receiver, and I think there's three prospects with the same last name that are very high on Georgia, and they're starting to get close to a decision. So. You've got Tyler Williams, Hakeem Williams, Aiden Williams, all at receiver. I don't believe they're related in any way, although they're all 6'2 or better and, and really physical at the catch point, which is what you want, right? You want to bring in a George Pickens kind of player. Yes. And I think these guys have similar qualities. I, I think Georgia at one point maybe led for all three. and You're not going to get all three. I, I think uh, Aiden Williams comes off the board first. Georgia Ole Miss, Oklahoma. He's a Mississippi kid. There is some Ole Miss buzz brewing there. But I think that's okay for Georgia because the other two Williamses are not only deciding in September, so you have more time to either make your move or solidify your stance, but they're bigger receivers, both with basketball backgrounds. Tyler Williams out of Lakeland, Florida. Hakeem out of Fort Lauderdale. So two more Floridians that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Pipeline continuing. Uh, Tyler's already kind of in love with Georgia, right? I mean, he's already taken the visit, the official. Uh, there's only one trip left. It is to Ole Miss, so interesting kind of back and forth 
between those two programs. Um, but there is a sense that Georgia's got a pretty firm grasp on at least a top two spot in this race. And I believe he's committing uh, in mid-September. So you got about a month left in that race. He's going to take out, ch- check out Ole Miss, and then that'll be it in terms of him making a decision. I think Georgia feels really strongly about Tyler at this point, and, and that feeling has been reciprocated. I've heard nothing to pull me off of thinking Georgia's in really great position for, for this. That's fantastic. Recruit. And then Ikeem Williams, he's more of a wild card, right? So uh, he's had Georgia buzz. A&M buzz. He's been to Pitt like multiple times uh, as, as a big wide receiver. And now two in-state schools are starting to push a little bit more, Miami and Florida State. So Hakeem Williams is September 23rd uh, in terms of his commitment date all over the place. I, I can't peg it. There's no favorite. It could be any of the schools that, that we just talked about because um, at one point each of them has held real buzz. So if you're a Georgia fan, you want to land one of these three Williams, not brothers, but one of these three <laughs> Williams receivers. Yeah. They're all big ball skills and physical at the catch point. Tyler is probably the one with the highest ceiling, and that's the one Georgia's in the best position for at this moment. He's the tallest at six foot four, basketball background. He played quarterback early in his high school career, so still figuring out the wide receiver position, but the raw talent is is oozing out of him. And he'll, he's at Lakeland High School. There'll be a Banner High School program this year. Mm-hmm. He's going against Cormani McLean every day in practice. So he's going to best on best every single day. Number one corner, top 10 receiver every single day. So he's going to get better in, in these next six months or so. And he's probably the one Georgia's in best position for of the three at this moment. But you land one of them, you feel good. And then as you mentioned, edge prospects are still – uh, important and Pemba certainly leading that conversation. Maybe Keon Keeley becomes more of a target uh, now that oh. he's committed from Notre Dame. I think a That's lot right. of schools are going to try try to get in the mix here. He wants to explore the process and take more visits. So I think that could be an interesting edge uh, grouping to look at. I mean, Keeley's number one and Pemba's like number four. So those guys uh, are, are elite. They change your entire um, recruiting outlook. So I think that's, right. that's an interesting position for, for Georgia. And then, you know, it looks like quarterback is something they're moving on from at yeah. this point. So I think beyond that, the, the next priority is offensive line. I think that's really – those are the three positions, receiver, edge, offensive line, where I think we see Georgia uh, focus during the season and in-season recruiting, unless some quarterback emerges or becomes available that we're not aware of at the moment. That's going to be a wild conversation for, it does feel like everything we're hearing as well is, hey, we're going to focus on some other guys, some high ceiling, high upside guys. The quarterback position coming out of camp next year, Stets is gone, and you get three guys who are, are going to really, really, really want it. Uh, one of them is gone for certain in my mind, uh, transfer portal. Go, Georgia's in a, a heap of trouble really quick. Transfer portal as well as recruits. So now, all of a sudden, recruiting is going to take, take the mantle in possibly two years from today or a year from next camp to be the guy for, holy geez, that, that changes the conversation in, in totality with the quarterback positions. So that's going to be fascinating. We're going to end talking about Glenn Schumann and where he recruits. John Glenn amongst Georgia guys. We, we love him. We think highly of him. This guy didn't play... Ball kind of one of the things that people dogged him for on the trail starting off. 
off. Hey, how, how can this guy tell you about something? Ending big old fish. Uh, where does he rank on the national scale of... I think if you're talking linebacker evaluators, yep. recruiters, and closers, outside of head coaches, he might be number one. I mean, when, he, when you're talking about that position, especially over the last, let's say, three years, it's really hard to find somebody who can counter what Glenn Schumann's been able to identify, evaluate, and then develop. All at the same time, it's really hard to go against that. Um, you know, there there were a lot of Georgia linebackers who were not really heralded as monster NFL players, and they just kind of got there. I, I, really, outside of N'Kobe Dean, I would say, who everybody knew, hey, that's the guy. All the others, Quaint and all these others, um, kind of just played their way in there, even as reserve or part-time players. So not only – does he have this reputation of great identification and evaluation, but the development has, has even led to great play distribution between four or five guys at a time, which is really hard to do. It would be very simple for any one of those reserve Georgia linebackers to, to hit the portal and say, Hey, you know, I'm a blue chip guy. I run four or five or whatever. These guys are running. I yeah. can go to Tennessee or Florida or wherever and go play and be the guy right now. Um, but all of them stayed, got developed, and now it's like it feels like there's 10 Georgia linebackers in the NFL that are all under 30. So it, it's really quite the track record. Um, they do it on Saturdays. They are beginning to do it on Sundays. And then you talk about some of the individual wins in those recruitments. You know, Quay Walker was an Alabama commitment. Nicobe Dean's from Mississippi. It is not easy to go in there and win any battle, much less for the no-brainer number one player in the state kind of deal. That kid leaves Mississippi like once a decade. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's easier to go into New Orleans or Texas or Miami, basically any other metro in this SEC footprint than it is to, to go into Mississippi and get you know a, a, a down-home Mississippi native, and and that's that's one of the, the the banner wins really of the last five years in recruiting to me. So so you did that. You flipped players from Alabama. I mean, just all of the boxes you need to check. Glenn has checked, and, and then now he has more responsibility. So he actually has a chance to increase all of that reach and profile, and say, hey, not only will I now help control the distribution and the reps and 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 how we define this linebacker rotation now i'm gonna call a place too <laughs> so now now i'm going to that aggression that we like at georgia now we're going to be able to translate that in our actual game planning and play calling on saturday so when you can sell that on top of this this great run that georgia's been on at that position in particular you're only going to enhance the strengths that that have been shown over the last few years so it's really hard especially right now in 2022 to define another linebacker recruiter who has had this kind of ascent and success like immediately. It's really hard to, to find a counter to that. I like other linebacker recruiters, of course, nationally. Um, I think personality-wise, there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, but man, in terms of the ascent, the star power, and, and the most recent track record, I'm talking three, four years, it, it's got to start with with Glenn Schumann. Not, not only a linebacker, but amongst 
defensive position coaches in general. I think he's right up there with Corey Raymond in the secondary mm-hmm. and Larry Johnson along the defensive line up at Ohio State. I mean, I think he's right on that on that tier with those great coaches. If Big Game Boomer was going to do recruiting <laughs> tiers for, for positional recruiters, if he's listening, hey, throw throw Schumann up there on linebackers because he he's a tier one guy, no doubt. Uh, I think this is fascinating because you're exactly right. I, look, I'm not going to try to Kobe Dean without him on defense last year, leading that defense. I know. Again, you ask every single alpha was on that team, they, they will all say Kobe Dean. He's not there. I don't know. He had Tyndall and Qu- I, I get that. But he was somebody different, and you're right. When we pulled him out, huge swoon for everybody. Just lost their mind of that. It was it was so. Un- I did not expect it. Such a big deal. And you're right. His footprint is only growing. He's learning from Kirby, and he's already catching these big fish. So this recruiting cycle, three guys who in a year, you know, we're hearing stuff out of camp. Nobody knows who's going to be the off ball backer on inside right now at Georgia. There's a couple leading candidates because we got five everywhere, and this is what Glenn does, and it's crazy to see. Now, now again, some of that's coach speak, but I thought because you look at what these guys have done, their pedigree, and it's true, they're incredible. So, um, Georgia fans, Glenn Schumann train, get on right now. Now his footprint's only going to grow, and I, we have less than five years, way less than five years before he gets some other job somewhere. Somewhere else, uh, he he's going to get a head tune, y'all, and it's going to be sad when he goes. Uh, this is John Garcia. He's over at Twitter, John, John Garcia. I recruitment. Uh, love having you, brother. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you again soon.